What's up, Georgia football fans? My name is Scott Duvall, and you are listening to episode 260 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. I'm joined today on the show via Skype by my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller. We did a show last week for a game that was not even played, so here's hoping that this podcast remains relevant for Saturday as the dogs travel up to Columbia, Missouri to face off against the Red Hot Tigers. We did have some audio trouble during this episode, and it happened during our pick segment. So what you won't hear is any of us pick the other SEC games this week. However, we were able to save the Georgia game predictions, and that is what you will hear after we talk about some of the national games of interest. So without any further delay, let's just jump on into the episode. Thanks so much for tuning us in today, and I hope you enjoy episode 260. We get to talk about Missouri finally, <laughs> assuming. We're, okay, we're recording on Wednesday night because um, it was too cold last night, and <laughs> that's not the real reason. Um, Scott's, Scott's son is doing a, was doing a baseball camp. Uh, plus, last night Georgia played Montana, and Will's fighting a lion eye, went to Cameron Indoor Stadium, and uh, beat the dog crap out of Duke, in which I think all of us, except for our friend Seth, can, uh, can, can abide by. And uh, But we have... We have two weeks of football scheduled, one which we are pretty sure is going to happen and one which it feels comfortable to say, I'm not gonna, really going to miss anything while I'm not going to be in town that week. <laughs> um, regretfully, regretfully. Um, but I, I saw an article, and we'll get to the Missouri game in a second, I saw an article about uh, the the uh, Vanderbilt-Tennessee game and they released a depth chart and somebody was like, well, yeah, but all depth charts only have like 49 players on it. And they're like, no, no, this was literally all the players they had available. Like they had, they had moved an offensive lineman, the defensive line. They had a guy playing linebacker that had been it was on the, the roster as a DB. I mean, it's, it's real at Vanderbilt, what they're facing as far as numbers go. And I, I only say that to make sure that we understand that uh, when we, when we probably don't podcast next week, that's, that's what's going on. Yeah, and, and I mean, listen, there's nothing. First off, the one last note about uh, that Duke game before we let that sneak by. Not only did Illinois destroy Duke, but it basically turned Coach K against basketball uh, for a moment. I'd like to note that uh, I, I was I – was, I set you up. That's exactly why I brought that up because I knew I knew you were going to get to get – and it was – what he said was actually right. Well, that's the hard part, right? It's hard because, like, uh, uh, I was texting with Matt Norlander, our friend Matt Norlander today, about this, the college basketball player for CBS. And I was like, on one hand, yes, there's a reasonable thing that Coach K is saying. How are we doing this right now? We're, the, the CDC is telling you not to travel for Christmas, but, you know, the Montana basketball team can come to Athens to play one game. Like there's a there's a there's a certain logic there, and he's right. I also would note that, and so Coach K was uh, brought that up last night. I also would like to note that he said that with a team that just got blown out twice uh, in the span of a week. I'm gonna bet Coach K is not in so much of a hurry for the season to be over uh, if Duke is number one uh, in the country right now. And I say that note. I also say that noting that Illinois is awesome, and I've never felt more like Ohio State Ohio State football fan. <laughs> like it actually does make me feel a little bit like an Ohio State football fan because, uh, uh, yeah, that's uh, um, uh, please don't cancel the season. <laughs> so Georgia beat Montana uh, last night. Now I'm going to be going to the Samford game oh, yeah. on Saturday, um, and you know it's it's cool. And I and I will and Tony y'all y'all kind of went in depth about uh, Georgia basketball last week on our Vanderbilt preview, and. Um, you know, and it, and it made sense, and I don't have high expectations for them, but I've watched all the games, and I tell you what, they're pretty fun to watch so far, and sure, the level of competition they've actually played is North Georgia, which <laughs> I didn't even know they had a, uh, was, were fielding a basketball team, and then beating uh, Montana, but, you know, to, to say it's, it's, it's fun to watch and, and fun that, that they're trying to get excited about it, and I, my favorite and my kid's favorite is uh, Tumani Kamara. Uh, I think he's, he, you know, if he sticks around for another year or so, you know, who, who knows? They can they can build around a, a big man. But, uh, but yeah, I'm excited about going on Saturday to see the dogs and uh, Coach Green. Yeah, that's cool that you got to go. Um, the Or uh, getting to go, I am, um, you know, I was kind of peeking ahead at the schedule and trying to figure out if I were to be able to, to get to go to a game. Um, you know, I'd, I've been to a couple of football games. I had every intention of going to Vanderbilt. Um, you know, it, you know, Will's had the opportunity to get to, um, to 
the basketball games. I'm just curious, like you know, he if he Wills had said that he, you know, they were, it, he felt safer in there than he did in, in a lot of other places. Um, so I, I hope um, I, I'm, I'm with I'm with Will. I mean, you know, I am um, I am probably the mo- <laughs> the most pro. Let's do this. Uh, also, let's be as careful as possible. Person you'll meet. Um, you know, it feels like once you st- once you start down a road, it feels hard to turn the battleship and say we're not doing it. Although with the number of COVID-related uh, cancellations among um, among teams, it also wouldn't surprise me in the least if there is some sort of thing going on in March where we're looking at pushing the tournament or even you know kind of giving the 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 selection committee some leeway as far as picking teams uh maybe not as much as leeway as as much leeway as ohio state is getting out of (laughs) yes um that's a lot of leeway that was a source of consternation around the house with uh, the indiana fan in the house oh yeah that's um, right afternoon um but um you know that's that's the world we live in you know the acc you can blame them for starting it for basically locking in Notre Dame and Clemson. I, 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 don't, I do not agree that Clemson's in if they lose to Notre Dame again, uh, which could raise some interesting conversations uh, next week or whenever we do a podcast about this because they got to put a four-team in somewhere. And um, if it's not – like if, if Chalk holds, uh, let's say Alabama beats Florida, uh, let's say Notre Dame beats Clemson again, everybody's like, well, that's not going to happen. Well, I don't know. Going to Clemson. Clemson looks uh, moral, more mortal than they have in a couple of years past. Uh, and Ohio State's in. Who's that 14? Uh, it's, it's hard to say you're going to put a Florida team in that lost to Texas A&M. Why would you put Texas A&M over, over a Clemson team that lost to Notre Dame? You're not going to put a two-loss whoever's coming out of the Big 12, Iowa State. Um, you're not gonna, probably not going to put a two-loss, uh, you know, Pac-12 team, although there's a one loss, there's a zero loss Pac-12 team that keeps winning games over in Los Angeles that plays this weekend. Uh, so, you know, it doesn't look like with the rankings they're going to slide Cincinnati or Coastal Carolina or whomever up in there. Um, it's just going to make some for interesting, um, it's going to be a lot of ink spilled and some interesting conversations on talk radio over the next couple of weeks. Uh, the, fortunately for us, they play that game Saturday and selections come out the next day, so we don't have a whole month of having to hear about um, how so they robbed my team or whatever. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, we, to me, I think you're right. The key thing was that when Notre, they did that with Notre Dame and Clemson, like once the ACC did that, locked it in to make sure they were playing and there was no chance of an upset and just clearing it out at that point, like it's hard to get too angry at the, at the big 10 for doing that. Because I mean, basically we're all, we've all just decided we're, Playing, we're, we just we're just trying to get our TV matchups at this point, and we're just trying to trying to get those matchups. And it's, it yeah. stinks. It stinks because it's, it, it's. Listen, I feel for Indiana. They also almost beat Ohio State. If they would be, if they'd beat, beat Ohio State, if they'd beat Ohio State, and pin, the Big Ten would have then put them in. Okay, <laughs> then I think I think there's a certain level, but they were always going to change. Uh, they were always going to change uh, uh, whatever rule they could for Ohio State. It's not surprising that they did that, and. Uh, uh, any other year it would be terrible. This year, for crying out loud, if, if the, there's no Michigan Ohio State game this year, <laughs> like there's no Michigan Ohio State game this year, the idea that that's not happening, I think because uh, they're afraid. Yeah, yeah, because they're afraid. Right, right. Curb Street did apologize for that, by the way. And and think about it, if if there's people out there that have a problem with what the Big Ten did, and you know, basically christening or giving Ohio Ohio State a pass. I mean, they they were a thirty point favorite to play against Michigan. There's no way. I, I think that what's the non-zero term y'all use? Yeah, non-zero possible. Uh, the non-zero chance yeah. that Michigan wins that game or Ohio State loses that game. I'm sorry. I mean, so they they were gonna win. They were gonna be six and zero. You know, that that's pretty much a guarantee. So one of their canceled uh, games I, was against Illinois. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like they were yeah. obviously going to go six and zero. Right, right. So I don't have a problem with it, and I thought. I thought before they made this announcement, I was like, I, I, old Scott, 2019 Scott, I, I would have been like, this is ridiculous. It's the utmost hypocrisy, Big Ten. You know, that's why the SEC hates the Big Ten. But it makes sense because, you know, the body of work, uh, sure, it's only five games, but you've got the, a potential top five pick. 
uh, a would-be Heisman candidate in a regular year um, and a great team. Um, so I don't really have a problem with it. And I'm, I'm actually surprised that I don't have a problem with it, but I don't. So, guys, we have, uh, we have Missouri this week. Uh, a Missouri that is surprisingly ranked, probably going to finish third in the East, which we all picked. Do not go back and listen to our prior podcasts. <laughs> um, I, um, you know, it's, I'm not going to, I'm not going to try to build suspense and pretend like anything other than what's going to happen, this game's going to happen. But, I mean, you have to give a little bit of credit to um, Eli Drinkowitz and, um, and for that matter, Sam Pittman. The game they played last week might have been the most entertaining SEC game this season. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Surprisingly, uh, if you had have you had written down Arkansas and Missouri as a surprising most surprising game, but if this were a if this were a Derby Day grid pool where you pulled Arkansas Missouri as the most fun game, uh, you would have easily gone ahead and just put your ten dollars in the pot and said, "Y'all t- just take my money." Um, and th- that that game turned out the way it was uh, was was really fun, right? Uh, they they both scored uh, nearly 50 points. Uh, I think Missouri did have 50 points. Um, and, um, you know, Missouri has looked better. Like, and they, they look better coached. And that is, um, frankly, that's why they brought Drinkwitz in, right? The college professor has put them in a position where they believe they can do good things. You know, I'm kind of torn because... It was, what, three weeks ago that, that Georgia was supposed to play Missouri, and that was right before JT Daniels had had a start. I was kind of glad we didn't play Missouri back then, but now I'm almost a little bit more reticent about playing them now because, like you said, that they've been, they're on a 5-1 and one win streak, so to speak, outscoring their opponents 190 to 150. Now, you hear the 190, and you also hear the 150, so they're giving up a lot. They've piled up over 600 yards of offense in the past two games. Um, an Arkansas team that Georgia, granted first game of the year, kind of struggled against. So I'm not really sure what to expect going into it. I know that Connor Bazelak uh, and Hazleton have a really good connection. Um, and, and yeah, like I said, putting up 600-yard games back-to-back uh, is, is pretty frightening to me. So uh, I, I'm not sure what the, the defense has in store for the, the George defense after having a couple weeks off. But hopefully with Jordan Davis coming back and probably not LeCount, but uh, Jordan Davis is, might be on the men. Looks like uh, could be a big fill in that, in that middle. Yeah, I mean, Missouri's good right now. This is probably as yeah. good as Missouri has looked. And, you know, I, I think that there's, it's been such a stutter-stop season across the board. It felt like Georgia was starting to, you know, figure something out with Daniels and the defense was having issues. And then they stopped. And now there's also maybe there's two more games. There's probably one more game. It's just, you know, it, if I think a question that has to be raised, and we can get into the matchup details if we want, but the question that has to be raised, if Georgia were to lose this game or to struggle – how mad is everybody? <laughs> and, and I mean that in a certain level that like, you know, it feels like I think George is favored. Georgia should be favored. Um, George is better. And it's a disappointment if they lose. But also like how much can you put stock can you put into anything right now? If anything, it's a surprise is I think it speaks well to the program that not a lot of people have opted out the way that so many people are opting out at other many, so many other programs right now. Uh, and maybe that we don't know. Maybe that's about to happen. They haven't played in two weeks. <laughs> like it's also possible that's about to happen. But, you know, it really, you know, we talked when we did the preview for the Vanderbilt game that will probably not happen. Um, so much of it was, yep, there's a game. There is a game, and Georgia will win it, and we'll then hopefully play the week after. And it, you know this this is different than that. And that Missouri is good, and Vanderbilt uh, is not good, but uh, certainly it does feel it's a hard matchup to even talk about too much because I don't know I don't know how motivated Georgia is even can be uh, in this game. You don't know who's going to play. You've got two weeks off. You you the whole thing of choppy and Missouri's on a roll. It just feels like if Georgia were to say lose this game, I don't know if they're going to, I don't think they're going to, but it feels, I wouldn't, I'd say excusable <laughs> if, if they were to lose this game, it doesn't uh, more, more to the point. It doesn't feel like a referendum on anything. If this goes the wrong direction. Well, let's be clear. If Georgia loses this game, no one's excusing it. Um, 
Because this is this is Georgia, right? Um, yeah, but I mean, I, I know I get you. I get your point, yeah. right? If it, this is this, kind it, of it, Georgia, this is sort it of Georgia. Almost feels like people aren't paying attention anymore. I guess is the is is one way of looking at it. Now, obviously, um, obviously, we're not because we're podcasting, uh, not outside because we care about Scott and we don't want him to freeze. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but we, um, you know, I, I get what you're saying, Will. It. Uh, now let's, let me be very clear about this. I do not think Georgia's going to lose, and I'm not. I don't think that's what you're saying, Will. No. But I also hear you in saying that if George slips around and loses this game, I think there's a whole lot of, um, you know, shrug and like, oh, okay, if you you get out of this, um, you know, Scott, to kind of addressing what you were saying a second ago, though, a lot of those yards Missouri picks up are dinks and dunks. They are very. They have been. They've become much more efficient over the past few weeks. Bazalak has 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 kind of keyed in on that um, that quick underneath stuff, and also uh, they found ways to get Roundtree loose, um, uh, you know, kind of on the edges, uh, which, which you know concerns me a little bit because Georgia has been susceptible to wheel routes. Uh, insert your own puke noises here, <laughs> um, and uh, you know also we have our defense has played Ben don't break a fair amount this season, even in games where we've been successful. Um, there have been times where teams have been able to move down the field a little bit on us. Um, I, it wouldn't surprise me to see that Saturday. Um, you know, they are, you know, if you were to sort order the teams that Georgia have played, you know, you have clear uh, one and two in Florida, and uh, Alabama and Florida, and then there's a jumbled, there's a jumbled mess, but I, I think it's safe to say that Missouri kind of floats to the top of that jumbled mess as far as the rest of the games. Um, and I even include Auburn in there. Um, although I think our offense is totally different now that Daniel is Daniels has taken over the, uh, taken over the quarterback uh, role. Uh, just what is possible, not necessarily what we are going to do was possible is different than what it would have been those first couple of games of the season. Um, but, but you're right, Scotty. It would feel much better if Jordan Davis does get the start. I mean, he was listed as an or on the depth chart, uh, and that um, that made me that gave me a little warm tingly just because, you know, if we can make we can make Missouri one dimensional, we can take Roundtree out of play and put just a little bit of pressure on Basilak, uh, Basilak. That that does change things. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a 11 a.m. Central kickoff. Uh, if you've ever uh, uh, Scott, Will, have you ever been to Columbia uh, for for football? Scott, I know you have not. Uh, no, I've not. I've not been. I went to a basketball game one time. I've never been. To, I've been to Columbia many times, but I've never been to a yeah, football game. Yeah. There. Right. Your friend um, is the mayor now. Is that right? He's uh, he's on the city council. He'll be running for mayor soon. And uh, okay, cool. Uh, this, right. Came to he was the one that texted a couple years. He ago. did text yeah. me to remind me that remember not only is Georgia playing in Missouri at noon, but Illinois basketball is playing just down the street at eight o'clock. On uh, on Saturday, oh, is, so it's a full. Day. Illinois is playing Missouri. This this is the um, it's the Bragg and Rice, but they're playing it in Columbia this year because they lost a coin toss. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> I didn't realize Bragg and Rice was this. Yes, this says this, this ah, wow. Same day. It's a big weekend. Yeah, they're not letting yeah. fans into that one. They're letting fans into football, but not basketball. Yeah. So you, I mean, that game. I mean, I've been there. I went. I, I went to the first two Georgia games in Columbia. The first one, of course, was the first SEC game. For Missouri, um, and that was a 3.30 kickoff or 2.30 local kickoff. And then the next one would have been in 14, and that game was a noon kickoff for us, 11 o'clock kickoff for them. Um, they, unlike the the fans in Mississippi who are ready to go at 11 a.m., <laughs> are uh, they're a late arriving crowd. And uh, it's, um, you know, although they have mastered the art of playing that 11 o'clock slot in a way that Georgia has not recently because we have been – Fortunate to have a lot of later afternoon, evening games. Um, that still doesn't change the math for me. I just, it's, I mean, you know, I think they are trending up, especially with what's going on at uh, Tennessee, especially what's going on at South Carolina. It feels like right now that Missouri and Kentucky are probably your, the teams fighting for the third seed in the, in the East for a while. Um, and, and it's interesting that they uh, they both bring similar approaches as far as they how, how they play you know stout defense just enough offense um, and one's been there since it feels like since Rich Brooks left in, in Kentucky uh, with Stoops and then one is uh, one's very recently coming there 
after um, the Dave Odom nonsense. You know, and I'm glad you brought up the the, the time uh, of the game because it makes me think back to late season. I was going to say late November, but we're already in like mid December for this game, which is also weird. <laughs> but I digress. Um, when Georgia would play at Auburn, and Georgia took some not so great teams in the past down to Auburn and lucked into an 11 a.m. Central kickoff, and it and it benefited Georgia because Auburn was a little bit sleepy. They're, you're right. They're not like Mississippi. And I would assume Columbia is going to be the same way. The 11 a.m. Central kickoff benefits the visitor team, and it helps kind of uh, bring a little bit of, a, of advantage. Now, of course, you know, with you know, 20% of fans in the, in the stadium, there is no true home field advantage, or, or I haven't witnessed one uh, watching on TV this year. But I do think that it, that it does benefit off to a, a fast start. It's like a business trip. That's what Kirby would be preaching. You know, business trip. We have it played in two weeks. Let's go show them. These guys think that they're all that, you know, scoring 600 yards of offense the past two weeks on teams that we very well could beat or have beaten. Larry Roundtree has been impressive ever since he got there like four years ago. Uh, he's, he's been a, a standout for Missouri for a while. And then Tyler Batty is uh, his backup. And he's also been efficient along with Hazleton, like I mentioned earlier. And I watched that Arkansas game last week, and you're right. I mean, it is Basilek's not throwing it 40, 50 yards down the field like Zach Wilson of BYU. It's very similar to what Florida seemed to be, to be running with Kyle Trask. Uh, it, that's why he's been so efficient and so good. So th- that does make me nervous. But Kirby game planned for this, what, three weeks ago? And he game planned <laughs> for it this week. So Kirby game planning for a game two times. I'll take Georgia uh, and the odds on that one. It, it is. And, you know, they're, they're, obviously Georgia is better. I don't think anyone is, is denying that, that, that Georgia is better. It just – I don't even know how to li- – it's weird because – I, I obviously we're a little off too because we're we're doing this over over Zoom or on Skype, but it just doesn't feel like a game. <laughs> it really it feels more different than uh, than really a lot of games. I don't even know what's going to happen. It's also hard to know that like wait they're definitely going to play right. <laughs> like this is the first time we've ever done a podcast after doing a podcast that previewed a game that never happened. <laughs> and, and so it's weird to be like, hey, remember all the stuff that we talked about Vanderbilt? Well, that game's never going to happen, and now we're going to preview a game that also may not happen. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it is. I feel like there's nothing more fitting uh, for because I think I think Tony's right. I don't think they're going to play Vanderbilt. I don't think they're going to play Vanderbilt. I think that there's just – I just don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> and I'd like for it to happen, but it just it doesn't seem likely. To, to have this game – Missouri is amped for this, man. <laughs> like, like they're on a roll. They're playing well. Uh, Drinkwitz, I think, is really – for all the times he's been made fun of, think about all the things that he's learned while coaching this year. Remember back when he was being like, the right thing to do is just to go ahead and be open about all of our uh, about all of our COVID players. Just It's the right thing to do for society. And after one week, he's like, never mind. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> never mind. I'm not doing that again. Clearly, he's like – if you're a Missouri fan, this has to be like the best-case scenario for this season that you could possibly have. And so to cap that off with it, with a game against Georgia, a, a kind of over it Georgia team. And I, and I mean that not just because the game gets canceled. I mean, we've talked before about how the defense has felt kind of into it for really like a month now. And I think there's, there's probably room for Missouri to work in that regard. Yeah. I mean, this is also, I mean, Missouri just got ranked. So this will be their first ranked matchup for the season. Um, and the, probably the first ranked matchup in, in three or four seasons. Uh, I, I, yeah, Scott, you're the you're the research guru. I assume we have several true questions on the last time Missouri was ranked. I do have a question about rankings. <laughs> okay, uh, and Georgia and Missouri related to Georgia and Missouri. Okay, um, so you know I think you have. Um, I, I think will the one of the things you have hit on that that will give me pause if Georgia comes out and fiddle farts around with them for a half. Uh, and gives Missouri the feeling that they can do it because they, I think they are, you know, of the teams Georgia has faced in the past, since, certainly since, you know, Florida, which it's just two teams. Um, I mean, you are, um, again, I stand by, I stand by, you know, Missouri might be the most, um, certainly the most ambitious uh, team uh, in, uh, but also probably playing at their best football um, since Florida. Uh, and that, you know, 
anything can happen when you get uh, when a good game plan meets motivated motivated team. The good news is it's not going to rain, although it's going to be cold. Um, you know, probably what the forties, I guess, is Columbia, Missouri. So, um, I was, uh, you know, in a in a year where, as Will put it, eh, what are you playing for? Uh, it would not have hurt my feelings to see Georgia play in the snow. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. But that is uh, obviously it's, it's not going to happen. Well, not obviously, but it's not going to happen. Um, that it would have bummed me out. Also, the, the Georgia play in the snow and not getting to go. Um, but just because, again, at this point, it feels like we're kind of checking off things that are super unique and in, in saying we got to do them. Um, and uh, going to Columbia um, a week before Christmas or whatever it is uh, certainly ranks up there on that. Well, Tony, the, the weather for Columbia, and I'm reading from the weather.com app, uh, a high of 41, low of 28, rain showers early, mixing with snow showers later in the day. Oh boy. Winds west northwest ten to twenty miles an hour. Well, that's standard. Um, <laughs> that if it snows in the Georgia game, guys, I'm just going to be like, yeah. Has Georgia ever played in a snow game? Like ever? Mm, that's a, like the, maybe a Kentucky one year or something. I don't know, man. I mean, even in Kentucky in in November, that would be a fairly early snow. Um, but I don't know. That would be pretty cool. You know what it makes me think of? The Shreveport Bowl game in 2000, Texas A&M, Mississippi, Mississippi State, State, when they yeah. played in like eight inches of snow. It was like a blizzard. Yeah, I have um, our friend of the pod, uh, Kyle, um, who used to be on the, the, the bowl committee there. That's he right, was, yeah. He was at that game. His, uh, you know, he's, got, he's got Mississippi State family and Texas A&M family, and he said, you know, we were watching the weather all day because the day started out fairly nice. And we were watching the weather all day. It's like, ah, it's not going to It's just because we got the kickoff. It wasn't snowing. And by halftime, it was just like a pandelirium in there. It was just crazy. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. So, I just, it would be, it'd just be cool to me to get to see. <laughs> to finish the year that way is a shame. Let's, let's just, listen, it's football. It may get postponed three hours. <laughs> like, who knows <laughs> what's going on this year? This podcast episode is brought to you by SP2 Hospitality, and specifically today, the Pine Bar in Athens, located in Five Points. My wife and I, we had a date night this week, and we decided to go to the Pine Bar for drinks, tapas, and charcuterie. And it, quite frankly, was amazing. First off, they do have limited indoor seating at the restaurant and heated outdoor seating, so plenty of options all around. But as far as the food and the wine, here's what we had. Kirsten was our amazing server and helped us out with the menu selections as we kind of got started. We we began with the pimento cheese crostini and the cauliflower wedges. Now, I know what you're thinking, cauliflower, gross. I, I know, me too at first. However, I did try it and the first thing that came to mind when I was eating it after taking the first bite was that it tasted like McDonald's hash browns. No lie, they were so good and I ate the whole thing. Um, for our charcuterie board, we chose the Midnight Moon cheese. It's kind of like a goat cheese and we paired that with the finocchiana, finocchiana, I think that's right, cured salami. It had The salami it had some thickness and spice to it and it really did blend well perfectly with the cheese selection. And I'm no charcuterie aficionado, but uh, I think it worked well uh, the way they presented it. And it was very good. But after all that, I wanted to try one more thing. And thank goodness we got the bacon wrapped dates. These were hands down my favorite of the night. One of the most favorite things I've eaten in the past month, I would, I would say. It's literally the type of thing that I would call up the pine bar, ask for a couple of orders of the bacon wrapped dates and get it to go. For our wine, we had a Pinot Noir, and interesting, from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m., the bottle that we drank was only $15, so they have a happy hour. Uh, They happen to have a happy hour on that Tuesday that we went. So, yeah, stop by the Pine Bar. The food, the drinks, and the spectacular service will make your experience memorable. And make sure to tell Kirsten hello while you're there. And now, back to the podcast. Fortunately, it's going to be nice here, so that's good. I get to get one more. Um, I, I have treated every football Saturday, regardless of whether Georgia was playing, as a, as a tailgate opportunity. And I was like, man, this is the longest season ever. It's because I've been doing this since, you know, Mac started or whatever it was. I was like, isn't there like a, there's like a 14-0 and team or something, 14-9 and team or something 
Um, there's, I think it's, I saw one team's played 12 games and uh, they played like almost every weekend since whatever that first weekend they start playing September or the 12th or whatever. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I think there's a, a Sunbelt school that's just gone ham on the season is playing anybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. Saturday night in, in Seattle. Yeah, we'll play. We'll be there. Yeah. Sign me up. Whereas like Utah's played like two or three games total. Yeah, I mean, you know, offensively, I think what I want to see out of Georgia, and, and this is, you know, real quick, because um, I just I want to see us keep doing the stuff that we were doing um, against South Carolina and Mississippi State. And, and honestly, when, when I say that, I mean, just look competent on offense and, like, hit on all centers. I don't need 400 yards out of Daniels. Uh, I'll, I'll take it. Uh, and I, I honestly don't need 350 yards rushing. Um, I, I take it. But – um, just look confident. Um, I did see a great stat this week where um, Mathis and Bennett are near the bottom of the conference in uh, uh, catchable balls downfield, and um, Daniels is like first or second. And, and this is all, all qualified quarterbacks. And that's not hard to see. I mean, that passes the eyeball test, right? And when you when you see Daniels throw that ball uh, in – He's given us receivers a chance to catch the ball that that you know we we put away. I think we put to bed the the debate uh, Daniels or who else. Um, but it still would be nice to get the that game a game like this in where they get to play you know the playbook a little bit because I remain with uh, I remain with Will and Seth and in, in thinking that we're playing towards Labor Day next year uh, and um, the the opportunity to put some game speed reps against an SEC opponent together with your offense against a, a, a decent defense. Like they're top, probably top four or five in the conference uh, on defense. Um, and, and part of the scheduling, uh, they, they've gotten the schedules worked well with them playing against teams that, that aren't putting up a lot of, of yardage. But, you know, that that still to be able to, it, it provides some proof of concept and some, some confidence for the offense. Really, if you just see Georgia kind of roll out the the playbook that Munkin's been kind of instituting, because I felt like the South Carolina game, it just felt like it finally clicked. It was almost like it had been foreshadowed a little bit where the the run game just took over and and then you were able to pass. Because, you know, Daniels was 10 of 13, I think, or 10 of 16. And that's Georgia football. You know, some people might gripe with it. Some others might, might like the run first mentality. I, I particularly like it because you kind of control uh, and can kind of oppose your will. Um, it was it was a little bit more man ball, of course, two weeks ago. Wow, that seems so long ago. But I, I think that's what we're going to see more of. That's what I want to see. I want to see Zamir establish what he did last time. I want to see more James Cook. I loved seeing him more involved. It, he gets genuinely excited out there. Uh, I really like the tight shots that, that they got on him when he tiptoed into the corner of the end zone by pylon cam and uh, seeing him and Zamir kind of chatting it up on the sideline. That's what I like seeing. And that's why I like watching Georgia football is because I, I haven't gone to a game this year. So, you know, you, you feel like you're kind of following this reality show of, of, of Kirby leading these guys. And these guys, the thing that makes me interested in watching this team and, and really any college football this year is when you look at the expressions of the teammates on the sidelines, they're genuinely happy to be there. Um, and Tony or Will, y'all mentioned earlier how Georgia hasn't had any opt-outs yet. Um, it, that, that's a good sign that Kirby's running, running. They're buying in, you know. And, and the, the strangest, most gut-wrenching season they've had lately. They're a team. Even LeCount is out there saying, "Hey, I'm going to try." He's a first-round draft pick. He doesn't have to come back. And maybe it's maybe it's just lip service, you know. But I'm, I'm fine with that. He's a team player, and it shows that uh, you know. There's, there's a good mojo on this team. So I know y'all are saying that Vanderbilt might not be played. I hope it is. Um, of course, nobody's asking me. I just hope they get their senior day uh, in, in Sanford Stadium one way or another, whether it's Vanderbilt or some other team, maybe uh, <laughs> Ole Miss or, or somebody that they could schedule, or, or, or Coastal Carolina. Maybe they can run <laughs> up here and play. But, uh, but yeah, I've, I've just enjoyed the games that I've watched, uh, and I've watched all of them. Even the losses or something, I've, I've really watched – what the players and, and Kirby are doing, and I'm I'm kind of in awe of them handling it with such uh, professionalism uh, as as much as they can this year. Listen, I, I'm against the idea of uh, blaming people for 
if they have an outbreak of COVID. I really kind of hate that the people want to do that. They want to say that uh, it's somehow a team's fault if they have an outbreak or they've been more reckless than another team. It is worth noting that Georgia has not been a problem. <laughs> Georgia's been ready to play kind of every game this year uh, and didn't have a lot of the outbreaks, or at least report uh, publicly, that people had over the summer. So uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think that uh, I don't know if that's a way to judge everything, but certainly it's been. Uh, it's uh, It speaks to not just how strange this year, but also kind of how helpless you are <laughs> and how you can do everything right. But uh, if, if people can't play, they can't play. Yeah, I was thinking that very thing, Will, at uh, how it's we have avoided the massive outbreaks. I, I, I certainly think we probably have had some on the team, but they haven't been noticeable, right? We haven't. We haven't had the last minute hold the plane. Are we going to take off? We haven't had any of the is he or won't he start um, uh, out of, you know, I, I, I guess conceivably um, motorcycle wreck could mean COVID. Uh, but that, <laughs> that feels weird considering I've got reported as a motorcycle wreck. Um, I mean, it's been a month as opposed to two weeks. Yes. Um, so, you know, I, whatever it is, I, you think you take, you know, it might feel a little hubristic to, to say this before we're through with the season, through through with the season. Uh, you get, get a little hat hat tip to Ron Corson and, and, and Kirby Smart, right, in the in the football players because they have they have managed to navigate this in a way that uh, a lot of other high profile programs haven't. All right. Should we do some trivia? Yeah, I got a little bit like. Three or four questions right. for you. I'll, I'll see if I can. I can. Uh, co- I like. I liked my makeshift out of nowhere one last time. That was kind of. Yeah, fun. that was uh, stressful. <laughs> yeah. Aha! Right? Uh-huh, the tables are turned, Duval. Yeah. It's time for yeah. you to answer some questions. So yeah, I've got a. I've got a little bit of trivia. Um, so like uh, I think Tony or Will mentioned that uh, Missouri's ranked. Uh, they're ranked number twenty-five, and Georgia comes into this week ranked nine. So. My last question, uh, my first question, <laughs> my first and last trivia question to y'all. No, not really. Um, the last time that a ranked Missouri, a number 25 ranked Missouri, faced off against a top 10 Georgia team, what happened? The last time a ranked Missouri team played Georgia. Mm-hmm. Is that the Michael Sam game? October 12th. 2013. Yes, that is the Michael Missouri Sam. Missouri was Michael Sam. Yeah, came to Athens thinking. and beat the dogs on uh, and, forty something on, to thirty. I think it was homecoming. Night. Yeah, it might have been forty-one to twenty-six. Yeah, and it was uh, it was Michael Sam. It was James Franklin, not the coach, uh, <laughs> who went who, who went out, got injured, and then Matty Mock came in and threw two dimes uh, to one of their tall receivers. It wasn't Doriel Green Beckham, but it was one of the other guys. It might have been him. I don't know. But yeah, they uh, they upset the dogs, and that's the only victory that Missouri has had against Georgia in the series history. I think uh, that that was that was a. Uh, I just moved here. That was one of the first games that I went to, and uh, that was discouraging because Georgia was still like hanging around, right? Like that was not that was not like a like what was, what was Georgia's record at that time? The, they were they were ranked seven. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like yeah, they were still they were still there. And, yeah, five and I think five and zero. Oh. Yeah, and Sam, Sam, I think Sam, Sam had like I think five or six sacks and had a touchdown, a fumble return for mm-hmm. a touchdown. It was it was a dominant performance. I think that uh, I think that was probably what got him uh, one of the main things that kind of launched him into being the SEC Defensive Player of the Year that year. Yeah, yeah, and that was that was a uh, like Missouri won the East in thirteen and fourteen. Uh, you, I think absolutely deserved it in thirteen. Uh, in fourteen, you know, Georgia. Georgia, Georgia, uh, and uh, uh, Georgia, 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 Mark Rick, Georgia, uh, by losing crazy games against teams that had no business losing. That was like, like the next year they lost to South Carolina, like 38, 34, something stupid. Uh, the 38, 35, that's 38, 35 game, right? And then we just went down to Jacksonville, just crapped all over themselves. Um, and, you know, ended up playing. That was the year we played in the Buck Bowl, right? Against Louisville, yeah, I think it was. So. I mean, it remains yeah. absolutely insane that Missouri won the SEC East two years in a row. Like, in case we were yeah. wondering why people were uh, maybe uh, getting frustrated and thinking maybe the Rick there needed to move on, Missouri won the SEC two years in a row. The SEC East two years in a row. Yeah, 
and that was the year after that Georgia went up to Missouri, and it was uh, what was the Jarvis Jones grown man football? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that? And then just a year later, they won the SEC East. All right, I like we're doing, talking about old history that I was here for now, by the way. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> We've been like here it. long enough to be part of history. Yeah, so. I like it. All right, so the next question is, like I mentioned, Georgia and Missouri have played nine times. This will be the 10th meeting. I See, I did that math real quick. Uh, this will be the 10th meeting of Georgia and Missouri. Where are the three places that Georgia and Missouri <laughs> have played? I'll let Will go first because I, I know all three of them. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, but then I had, no, because that, that, then you should go first. <laughs> uh, okay. All uh, right. Columbia. I, Miami. Oh, thank you for that. Uh, Athens. <laughs> yes. Uh, on January 1st, 1960, Georgia beat Missouri 14 to nothing in the Orange Bowl. That was Tarkenton's senior season, maybe? Um, yeah. Nobody's yeah, going to argue with that. On that, that was uh, that was a couple years before Dan Devine went to Notre Dame and ruined Rudy. I was that was actually one of my trivia questions, so I got to get rid of that one now, Tony. <laughs> Crap. My last question for you is: uh, Missouri and Tennessee played on October third of this year. If you say so. <laughs> since then, Missouri is five and one. Can you tell me Tennessee's record since then? <laughs> oh, and all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Tennessee's 0-6. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> you know, just three more, and that's how high Kevin Mays could count. Oh, boy. <laughs> that's nice. So, Will, you said you had a trip? I had that one, but he took my damn Dan Devine one. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. It is worth it. it I, you know, it, it, it's funny because, you know, one of the uh, – here's a trivia question. Name the last four coaches of Missouri. Oh. Okay. Okay. Are we, are we starting with Drinkwitz? Yes, there's one. Okay. Okay, okay uh, Gary Pinkle? Correct. I, I'm going to say Dan Devine, but I know that's not right. Larry um, Smith. I was going to guess that. Larry got, Smith. Gray hair guy. Who was the... Kind of like John McAfee. Yeah, and he was the coach of USC before he went to Missouri. So that's what... You, know, you can always tell how things went from where they come from or where they go. If you go from Missouri to USC, you're a good coach. If you go from USC to Missouri, you are a bad coach. So that's the Bill Curry rule if you go from Alabama to Kentucky. Yeah, that, or, the, or the Ron Zook rule, <laughs> actually, uh, now that I'm uh, being... Uh, that, hits yeah, being that hits home. Yeah. Wait, so Dan Devine was one of them? Dan Devine was the other way. No, 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 he was before. It was Drinkwitz, Odin, Pinkle, and Larry Smith. And there was wow, Bob Stoll, Woody Widenhofer. Widenhofer was there? Widenhofer was there before he went to Vanderbilt. That's correct. Man. Wow. He was there a decade before he went to Vanderbilt, actually. We should talk about fun office pools because I yeah, know Tony, some you, uh, I had a rough week. I had a rough week. I got too cocky. Tony, you extended your lead a little bit. Um, I mean, it's only four points over Bloomingleaf. Uh, but, yeah, you're at 592. Your win percentage could be higher. There are people with a higher win percentage, but I guess you're uh, making your confidence picks pretty good. It's not how we count it. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, Lawyer Mama is uh, only about 30-something points behind, 28 points behind you. Yeah, I felt like I'm going to win that sweet family money. Yeah, Will Will's 32 points behind you in yeah. uh, 22nd place. Um, Maggie Waller is uh, in 37th place. Uh, a couple of others. Uh, UJ Carey has moved up. She's in uh, 46th place with 545 points. Jim Wood, uh, who also runs a pretty good uh, dog podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? What's the name of it? Uh, my God, a podcast. Uh, yeah, that's it. My God, a podcast with uh, John I had to think about it for a second. I was like, wait a minute. I know. I know this. I, I would have felt bad if I had blanked on that. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's in 35th place with 550 points. Uh, and uh, there's a whole bunch of others in there. Uh, I, I'm 110th. I've moved up from 119th <laughs> with 417 cats, points. Cats, cats. All right. So uh, we will make our picks for this week. I got an email message. Uh, Yesterday, saying my picks were due. I guess it, it shows up on Tuesdays. Uh, There's a Thursday night game. Uh, Pitt, Pitt Tech. Pitt, Georgia Tech is Thursday night. Oh. Well, then let's go ahead and do that one. Is that in Atlanta? Yes. All right. Georgia Tech won in basketball tonight, by the way. Um, I will take 
I'm going to take Georgia Tech. I'm going to regret it, but I'm going to take Georgia Tech. <laughs> I'm not going to regret it. I'm taking Pitt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think um, – I mean, who, who's Tech beat this year? They, they got a win. They beat Duke. Recently over, they beat Duke. Duke. Yeah. Yeah, and they lost to NC State last year. And they week. beat Florida State like 40 years ago. They did beat them 40 years ago. That does feel like 40 <laughs> years ago. Yeah, I think Pittsburgh's going to roll them. Pittsburgh's played 10 games already. It's funny to think that that Florida State game was back in the in, – talk about all the before times. That's back when we were like, hey, there's week one. We'll play in week two. We'll also play in week three and week four. And uh, All right, uh, App State goes to Georgia Southern. App State had a tough loss against uh, Louisiana Lafayette. Last week, it was the first time they'd ever lost to the Raging Cajuns, and they lost at home, and this time they are down in Statesboro. I'm taking App State. Yeah, I can't. I can't pick Southern here. Yeah, I think I think y'all are right with the – what's the guy's name, the mascot's name? Uh, Yosef with the <laughs> right. the mountain guy. Seriously? Uh, they got yeah. that dude has a name? Yeah, Yosef. I, I, a guy I work out with played uh, linebacker at Appalachian State, and he was talking a couple weeks back. They had the throwback helmets of yeah, I remember Joseph seeing or that. Joseph but... on the helmet. So, yeah, I think uh, the Mountaineers. That's a school I almost went to. Oh. I, I got admitted. <laughs> I got admitted. I got accepted. <laughs> and I had, a, I had a roommate all lined up, and, uh, and then I got my acceptance to Georgia. And I guess I, I guess the school didn't let him know because I got a like a phone call like a couple weeks later from this guy that I was supposed to room with. Like, hey, dude, are you coming up here or not? And I was like, no, man. Hey, man I'm, you I'm in Athens. I'm sure. Was he happy? He like had a place to himself, right? Yeah, I think mean, that's like the <laughs> best roommate so. in the Maybe world that never shows up. Okay, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, I was that guy that did not show up. I figured uh, I got one more trivia question. By, by, by the way, everyone. Uh-huh. Uh Back before it was the Big Twelve, and before it was the Big Eight, and before it was the Big Seven, it was the Big Six. Name the Big Six. All right. Okay. Obviously, uh, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Nebraska. Yes. Um, uh, Yes. Uh, Oklahoma A&M? No. Good guess, though. Uh, Kansas State? Yes. Mm. Um, let's go with Kansas State. Yes. One more. Wow. The team with the basketball coach who lost at home to a Division three team that was, that so was 0-4 ago. against other Division three teams. Poor Bruce Weber. That's correct. Kansas State. The last year of the Big Six, the champion was Kansas. Good for Kansas. They were the champions. That was 1947. (laughs) That was a very long time ago. That was was 30 years after the last pandemic. (laughs) Um, All right. Let's go uh, up to Big Ten country and uh, Wisconsin. Two and two Wisconsin goes to five and two Iowa. I thought Iowa looked really good against Illinois last week. They fell behind 14-0, but Illinois completely rolled over. Iowa almost feels like a team that if they would have won that game against Northwestern could actually maybe give Ohio State a little bit more of a game than uh, Gokuts is going to do. So I'm taking Iowa. All right. Um, North Carolina plays... In Miami, against Miami. Go figure. Remember when North Carolina was like nine in the country? That's speaking of the before times. Uh, I will t- I'm take. I'm going to go ahead and take. I'm taking Miami. Yeah, I'm taking Miami too. And and we'll talk about Georgia's bowl opponents. But crazy stuff happens with the playoffs. Are we going to be facing Miami? Oh really? Uh, yeah, it, it takes some. It takes some doing. But uh, I, I thought about some today. So. Essentially, what it takes is that'd be more fun than uh, well. Cincinnati. I think it takes Cincinnati or the other G five getting into the college football playoff. Them sending Florida to the Orange Bowl, uh, which means they're going to put an at large team against Georgia, um, which could be Clemson or Miami. Just a couple yeah, years. I late. saw some reports it would be Florida versus Miami in the yeah. Orange Bowl. I guess that's also that's also a possibility. So. All right. Uh, let's go. Uh, oh, Army Navy. Hello. I mean, when was the last time that Army-Navy was played where other games were played? <laughs> Usually it's standalone. Yeah, it's also worth knowing. I'm so glad they're playing this game with all the 
rivalry games that have gone forever that have been canceled this year. Mm-hmm. Purdue and Indiana was officially canceled. They played literally a hundred consecutive years, and Purdue and Indiana just got canceled. Obviously, Michigan Ohio State. It feels normal as normal as you can get that Army and Navy are playing. Um, I, I, I will take. I'm taking Army. Yeah, me, I'm taking Army too. That's uh, this game is always some sort of craziness, but uh, I just I just think Army pulls it off. It loses the fun of – I always like seeing the people in uniform in the stands going crazy yeah. at this game. That's always one of the highlights of this game is to see them kind of cutting loose and having fun. It's a shame we'll, shame we'll miss that. Yeah, and this game's – where's this game played? It's, it's not played at a um, – Is it something – it's, it's, it's usually in Philadelphia. Is it in Philadelphia this year? Philly or Baltimore, they usually play it. Let's see where they're playing. I'm trying to remember where they're playing it this year. Um it's a CBS game, uh, kicking off at three. Usually, I'd, I'd find that interesting. The fact that it's not three thirty, and didn't CBS lose an, an SEC game this week? So, wasn't yeah. there? Wasn't Ole Miss or no? Yeah. Well, because of because of this game, um, because this game's going to be on CBS. There, I, I think the CBS game is going to kick off something weird, like six thirty. But maybe maybe Tennessee <laughs> Vanderbilt was. I don't know. I don't know. This game's at Mickey Stadium. It's going to be so yeah. nice. You know, I mean, I, when the vaccines get here, it's going to be so nice to like understand what the hell's going on again. Right, to at least be able to plan. <laughs> yes, yeah, at Mickey Stadium, so Army's hosting. Yeah. Oh wow, that'd be an interesting trivia question. When was the last time it was played on an on-campus stadium? Because yeah. I bet it hasn't been in a while. Yeah. They played in Columbus one year, I believe. <laughs> No, just, just, just As of all games. Oh, I was thinking Columbus, Ohio. I didn't even get the <laughs> joke. Wow. Uh, yeah, that, that's a good, that was a good joke, but I was thinking like, oh, Columbus, Ohio, <laughs> never mind. Uh, all right, let's go out to the Pac-10. I'm sorry, Pac-12. Uh, Washington and Oregon. Did this, is this game still going? I don't know. I, I haven't heard. So I'm going to check. I'm going to check. I know Washington's had some issues. So, Scott, just to give you, uh, just give you some context, this game has never been played on campus. It has always really? been played. I oh, take that back. Looks like it was played in Annapolis during World War II at West Point. So one time each. I apologize. Um, but it's always been played in Philadelphia, New York, Baltimore. Been played in Chicago a couple times. It was played in like uh, you know, Redskin. I'm sorry, Washington Football Team Park, or whatever they call it now. Um, I refuse to call it uh, after the former terrible, awful owner. Um, I thought it was RFK Stadium. Is that and that's the old stadium? The FedEx, FedEx Field. FedEx. That's right. Yeah. Um, Washington, Oregon. Washington paused all activities today. This has become a big thing in the in the Pac-12 because if this game is not played, Washington wins its division. <laughs> so uh, it's one of those. So I, I don't know if this game will play, but if it is played, I'm taking Oregon. Me too. All right, and then we've got another Big Ten game, uh, Illinois mm-hmm. and Northwestern. I feel like Northwestern is wobbly right now, uh, but Illinois, there's a big debate on the Illinois podcast today. Does Lovey need to win his last two games? Because uh, the Iowa game was very frustrating because they were up 14-0 and then they just fell apart and gave up 35 straight points. And just This is supposed to be the year they were building to. I don't think they're going to fire Lovey because there's – they're a public university in the state of Illinois, which is in completely broke. So it's hard to imagine them actually doing it. There's not. I'm not. I have not yet become a big enough iFund booster to be able to uh, to to pay off a firing of Lovey Smith's contract. I'm picking Northwestern here, but uh, I feel like the Illini got one little little surprise in them uh, right now, particularly because the Northwestern literally has. Nothing to play for in this game. They are playing it. I mean, other than the fact that they're playing Illinois, there's nothing to play for. They're already in the Big Ten Championship game. It doesn't matter. This is a nothing game. Uh, there, there will be no fans in the stands, which is to say there will be more people at a Northwestern game than usual. <laughs> but uh, nevertheless, uh, uh, I'm picking Northwestern. But look out on this one. Yeah, Illinois has uh, has a, a pretty tough closing stretch. They have the two participants in the Big Ten Championship game. Here uh, this week and next week between Northwestern and Ohio State. Um, yeah, they might get Michigan. By the way, can you imagine Illinois playing Michigan. That's amazing. In the uh, in the uh, in the crossover game, Champagne too. That'd be awesome. Uh, <laughs> I'm picking Northwestern as well. Okay, and then um, we've already established the time on this. 11 a.m. Central, 
Georgia travels to Missouri. Uh, Georgia's ranked ninth. Missouri's ranked 25th. We know, uh, based on the trivia, what happened last time, a 25th-ranked Missouri team faced off against a top-10 Georgia team. It was a high-scoring, disappointing affair. I don't really think that's going to happen this time, the disappointment part. I do think it's going to be high-scoring because, um, you know, Missouri's lighting it up. We've established that over uh, this podcast, and they've established it over the past two weeks of uh, putting up 600 yards plus against each opponent. And, um, you know, Georgia's, as much as they've been able to rest and get guys back, like we're talking about Jordan Davis potentially coming back, and uh, I saw some quotes from Tyson Campbell this week about how excited he was to play this week. Look, throw all that aside, they haven't played in two weeks. And then previous to that, they, they had a couple of off weeks. So, you know, there's going to be some issues. I have an, a, an opinion that um, Missouri might be able to kind of um, light them up a little bit. And I, I say that lightly. I'm, I'm, I'm treading lightly when I say light them up. Uh, I think, I think Missouri is going to be able to score. However, I think Georgia is also going to be able to score. You're going to be able to churn yards on the ground with White and Cook. Um, and then Daniels, it just, it, it'll, it'll open up uh, the receivers to him. I really liked uh, seeing Arian Smith break out uh, two weeks ago against South Carolina. He's one of the fastest guys on the team, if not the fastest guy. Um, so I think that Daniels is going to have uh, basically be able to pick and choose his spots I like to see him throw it a little bit farther down the field, maybe uh, 15 to 30 yards, and hit some uh, explosive plays. Um, I do think George is going to win, and I think they're going to win 35 to 17. Uh, it's weird. I would say this game scares me, but it just feels like the type of year where, you know, I feel like I got other stuff to be scared of right now. Um, I'll say that. Uh, uh, the, the, there's a reason to be concerned for this game. Missouri is hot. They are motivated. They uh, and Georgia has had this stop and start season, and they don't know when they're going to play. And and the, I feel like Georgia is is going to take them a quarter just to get their sea legs back uh, a little bit. Uh, I do feel like this actually may end up being a game to be encouraged by. And that one thing we have not had from uh, Daniel since since he's taken over is you know anything that's close. <laughs> I think if you're looking for the for the preparing for Clemson game, uh, one thing that would be nice to have would be a close game. This was actually something that uh, if I may talk about the number six rated Illinois Fighting Illini for a moment in basketball, uh, they had a really close game against Ohio, a team that wasn't that great, uh, but it clearly helped them. Uh, and they're a better team because of it, because they won and had to sweat a little bit after a couple of blowouts. I can see this being that game for Daniels a little bit, actually, where he has to go and actually do something to win. You see what it's like uh, when he's kind of under the heat lamp a little bit. Uh, I think that is an important thing to learn about him before they go into Clemson next year. Uh, I think maybe this is a game you get it. I will take Georgia in this game, but I think it's going to be tight. I'm going to give like a Georgia 34 uh, Missouri twenty-eight. Wow, Whew. I'm gonna I'm gonna lose even more hair if it comes down to that. Will man, um, I mean, yeah, I, I think one of the things I, I keep pondering about this game is not so much whether Daniels will light it up. I mean, I think I was clear earlier in saying I'd like to see us do some things with the playbook just to get some game reps. But I think the reality is, is Georgia can do can pick their poison. I mean, Missouri can try to shut down Georgia's running game. We can win passing. They can shut down the passing game. We can win running. Um, I think at this point, uh, the real trick for Missouri is going to be scoring touchdowns rather than field goals. And just don't think they're going to do that much. Um, you know, Bezlak has has shown the ability to move the ball down the field. Um, they. Struggled some. They got you know, got down 14 points in that fourth quarter against Arkansas. And obviously, Georgia's defense is better than Arkansas's. Um, I, like you, Will, I think is probably going to be a dicey first quarter, um, maybe even first half. Uh, I think there's going to be some rust to be knocked off. Um, the, that's the bad news. The good news is I just think our defense gets their act together in the second half and really plays to the potential that they can do. Um, I, I don't think – I, don't, I certainly don't think we're going to be sweating it in the way you think we're going to be sweating it. Uh, although it didn't surprise me if we're at halftime, we're in a dogfight, um, you know, fourteen ten or something, something stupid like that. Um, 
in the end, I think we end up winning 34, um, 16. Um, you know, we just, we, we shut them down the second half, keep them to field goals on, um, you know, that, that number goes higher on the, on the score for us. If we get a defensive score or something, you know, defense really steps up and, and, and puts bads like in tough positions that, that number goes down and their number goes up. If we do the same and they do the same and they certainly have that potential um, they, they have had played some pretty good defense. Uh, but if we play a clean game and they play a clean game, uh, that's where I stand, 34-16. Well, I, I'm going to watch this game with the presumption that like uh, this may be the last game we watch until the bowl game. So um, I'm yeah. going to try to enjoy it. I, I feel safe, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I just feel safe. And I'd like, listen, I'd, I hope they play. I hope they play. I want to go. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm open that weekend. I'm game for it. But uh, we'll see. But uh, I know it's been a, a weird kind of uh, strange show. Uh, it's late, and uh, we're doing it over Zoom. Uh, but uh, it's always just good to talk to you know you humans. It's always just better to, to do it in person. But I, I miss you guys. Shout out to uh, Podlesny and Kamarda. They're both semifinalists for their respective kicking awards, the no. Lou Groza and the Ray Guy. Nice. That's pretty cool. It'd be, it'd be I nice think Kamarda should a- win it. It'd be nice to have a Ray God Award winner after Bryce Ramsey got screwed. Yeah. It, uh, <laughs> thank you for that. That's always a good moment. <laughs> um, all right, guys. Well, be safe. Uh, we'll do a post game on Sunday. But uh, everyone, uh, enjoy the game. Stay safe out there. Uh, be careful, and we'll uh, we'll talk next week. Uh, go dogs. Go dogs. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back on Sunday with our post-game show, hopefully reporting on a dominating Bulldogs victory over Missouri. And you can follow us on Twitter at WSLS Podcast and leave us a review in the Apple Podcast if you get a chance. We'll hopefully see you all on campus next week for the rescheduled Senior Day versus Vanderbilt. Until then, have a great weekend. And as always, go dogs. Go dogs.